hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. Welcome back to uh, Hamster with a Blunt Penknife, the Doctor Who commentary podcast. Mr. Mark McManus. Here we are today talking about one of our favourites, Death to the Daleks, an unusual choice. Oh, oh choice, sorry. <laughs> um, did you get all of the VHSs as and when yeah. you came out as a kid? I did, yeah. Well, as a, as a kid and into adulthood, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it probably took me about 15 years, yeah. So does it not irritate you no end then that the kids today can get it all for five ninety nine on BritBox? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know they, won't, they, they don't know the, uh, you know, that delayed gratification, do they, yeah. of, uh, of waiting? <laughs> but there is something to that, isn't there, of mm-hmm. waiting another month for another one? <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know if they came out every single month. I can't remember now. Towards the end, they were they were two a month, I think. I remember uh, by the time I was at university, I was having to uh, yeah, kind of really budget for them. I um I remember Invasion of the Dinosaurs was the very last one. I couldn't believe they put out that. Yeah, I think it was the last VHS. I think it was one of the last DVDs as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it ain't that one, bad. Yeah, the last one I got and watched was um the time monster um understandable there was absolutely ages where i i hadn't seen the time monster and attack of the cybermen which obviously have two really terrible reputations as well uh, and i kind of didn't want there to be none that i hadn't seen so i only watched the time monster for the first time a week before rose was broadcast Really? Uh, that was when I, I finally uh, finally finished off the uh, all the existing episodes of the original series, and then a week later watched Rose. Yeah. Do you remember when they started um, grouping together like the really lamentable stories in box sets to try and like myths and legends, Time Monster, Horns of Nymon, and what's the other one in there? Underworld. Um, Underworld. Yeah. They yeah, thought, well, no DVD one's going to buy them. On, uh, someone's going to buy them individually. Let's just whack them all together. <laughs> yeah earth story as well wasn't it it was uh <laughs> was that old gunfighters and the awakening yeah <laughs> tegan tales do you remember yeah, that tegan one? tales chameleon chronicles <laughs> or something as well wasn't it yeah <laughs> oh my god well i'm pleased i built that collection up slowly because i have mm-hmm. a huge love for it in a way that i never could binge watching the whole lot on BritBox or the Twitch. Yeah. You know, I think they're all amazing things. I am pleased it's out there for anybody now. But like, you know, getting one of those, because um, I had a dealer up in Scotland. His name was Darren. I've just found him on Twitter again. I was like, you remember when, you know, I'll send you 20 quid and you were sending me those VHSs. Um, and I, you know, I'd have a seventh generation Seeds of Death that looked like it was, te- you know, filmed in an Arctic storm. Yeah. These are people used to get them from Australia as well, didn't they? Um, yeah, I never had any of those. I had an auntie who had UK gold that would record some of them for me uh, when I saw her I'd give her some blank tapes. Um, but yeah, it was really hit and miss. Um, that was mid 90s, wasn't it? Or mid to late yeah. 90s? Because I remember I used to watch those UK gold ones. They were like my hangover TV. Yeah. A fry of was- invasion of the dinosaurs or whatever was screening, you know? I was too young for hangovers, but yeah, I used to beg my mum to get Sky because these things were on UK Gold. <laughs> I do you remember like, sorry, I'm going on a complete diversion now. Do you remember that BSB weekend that they did? 
Yeah, I remember oh. reading about it and being desperately jealous. Yeah, because <laughs> we had we had BSB, so I had a tape, and I but I like literally, you know, long play tapes. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. short play recording. I was I was barely filling these bloody things up. Yeah, it was a different time. Mm. Um, and now we're buying them all for the third time. So having bought all the VHSs, bought all the DVDs. <laughs> not buying them on blu-ray don't even convince yourself this is the last time you're going to buy these things all right there will be some new media that's created you know virtual reality doctor who yeah. like that you know by Definitely the go in the helmet yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we're going to watch it on humble dvd stroke brick box if you absolutely are, skip into episode three okay. let's do it in three two one can I tell you a story about um, my other half? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was at the Utopia convention last year, right? You might, you've heard this already because I did it in your track one episode. Um, and it was at the end of one of those talks, uh, but we wanted to go early. And <laughs> so he's, he gets up out of his chair and he's trying to discreetly walk out of a room that was packed full of people while someone was talking on stage, yeah? And I have never, ever in my life seen anyone who looked more like Bilal. His hands were like <laughs> limp and he was tiptoeing out of the room. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. You know what? I'm convinced that's the day I fell in love, you know. And it all sprang that's back brilliant. to me. And here he is right he, now. I, I love Bilal. He's the way that they, um, they, they cast somebody who was so small as well. It adds to the you know the unusualness and the alienness the the fact that Arthur Yarrow that uh, Arnold sorry Arnold Yarrow oh, that plays yeah. him uh, when he saw the eyes he thought it looked like um, a bush baby so he went to the zoo and looked at how they moved like that that is commitment for somebody in a in an alien costume mm -hmm. isn't it oh he's doing body movement and all sorts isn't he like he's really thinking that through yeah. there was talk wasn't it they say in the documentary there was talk of him potentially being a companion. <laughs> Yeah. How I the hell would that have worked on Planet of Spiders? You know? It would have been fascinating, wouldn't it? I mean, I think that it's the next story, Monster of Peladon. So that could have worked because he's that not so dissimilar from Vega Nexos. Yeah, so because you, you've got uh, loads of different aliens from different civilizations there, it would have worked there. In uh, Yeah, on Earth, they'd have had to sort of like put a big coat on him and a hat or something and. Uh, yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting, and you could have you know said something there about uh, you know kind of because uh, well they, they do it here with with Sarah Jane's reaction, don't they? The way she's she's initially quite sort of fearful of him because he's so different. But I watched somebody doing like, you know these YouTube um, watch alongs where they film them mm -hmm. reacting to Doctor Who, and so. I was watching a fairly up-to-date reaction to this and the woman was just beguiled by him you know that's quite a ghoulish looking costume he's in yeah very easy so it is all down to the performance isn't it because it could very easily have been menacing had he played it a different yeah way. i think i think to make such a friendly alien look look as um you know kind of sinister as he does because it's quite a skull-like face in a way mm. Do you know, I always say to my other half, I always go, that way leads yeah. to death. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the Daleks in the half light. They, yeah. they look 
like they look, I think they look very stylish in this lighting. They do. They they look great. Uh, and then of course the other thing about Bilal's costume is the front axial projection, is it? Um oh, the bicycle reflectors. Yeah, so they um which which you see on the walls of the city and stuff as well. I think that's what they um is that what they use for the for the bow and arrow in Silver Nemesis as well? I think. I think so. Yeah, and they certainly they, use it for the city later, don't they? The walls. Yeah, on, on Silver Nemesis they've got the lighting rig, haven't they? So even in daylight, it's sort of uh, you know they can make it look like it's um, it's glowing like that. Yeah, because they talk about on the making of how they got the idea for just driving home and thinking about it and seeing a, a road sign uh, just you know light up in the in the car headlights. Thought so, um... that'll work. The Green Death, isn't that the same sort of thing as well? Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's light the, uh, on, isn't it? Yeah. Look at this, the, the root attacking the Dalek. And the Doctor's there going, a palpable hit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> good, good shot, sir. <laughs> they they yeah, made a concerted the... effort, haven't they, to make Pertwee very charming in seasons mm. 7 and 11. It's a stark contrast from 7 and 8. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's bits in the demons where is it? Is it the demons where um, he has to go at the brigadier, and then Joe says something to the brigadier, and he goes, "Steady on, Joe. That's your commanding officer." Yeah. <laughs> well, so you could at least show him a bit of respect. Yeah. When he yeah. hasn't done it himself. <laughs> oh my god, this is harking back to the chase, isn't it? That bit where Ian comes around the corner with the Dalek. Yeah, well, they exterminated. Yeah. Oh, I love the Doctor's line in a minute. Sarah, who are your shining friends? Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so, but I've got a serious question for you. And that is, mm -hmm. is this where this, like, narratively, is this where the story goes off the rails? Because halfway through this episode, we then head to the city and we're doing bloody mazes on the wall. Yeah, it, it starts to run out of steam a little bit, doesn't it? Because... What's interesting that originally the, the story didn't have the Daleks in and it was about the city and the Exelons and everything. Oh, really? So, yeah. Um, so I guess they, I mean, they would have probably have got to that sooner without the restaurant with the Daleks. There might have been more of it. So I suppose we can be, uh, we, we can be grateful for that at least. But what's kind of annoying is the idea of the living city with antibodies that can repel people inside and tests to go through. Those are interesting ideas. The idea mm. of um, the Daleks being without power and being without weapons and having to think on their feet. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. It doesn't quite come together, does it? No. And, and yeah, and having to work with humans, you, you could have got, yeah, quite a bit of mileage out of that, I think. There's, um, is it the Curse of Davros? There's a, and maybe that's not the one I'm thinking of. There's one with, with Colin Baker's Doctor and Terry Malloy's Davros, where they have to work together in a lab. And, that's, uh, no, uh, Davros, that's called. Cool. Just Davros. Is it? Well, that's that's the one where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah Dr. Smucky's yeah, scientific advisor. It's got Bernard Horsfall and Wendy Pabry. Bernard Horsfall's like this um, businessman who's funding all the work. Yeah, that, yeah. I, thought, I didn't think it was that one, but yeah, you both probably have heard it for ages. But yeah, and they're trying to sort of outdo each other by turning up earlier and, and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. No, yeah, it is that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's terrific that. But yeah, it's that same sort of thing. The Doctor having to work with Davros, the Daleks having to work with with humans, and the Doctor they uh, they they could have got a, yeah a lot more out of it than than they do. 
it actually could have been quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Especially think, the Daleks are loudly plotting away, like right next to them and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I think scene to scene, because the direction is so good, because there's a lot of action in it, you know, it kind of like rattles along anyway, despite the yeah. fact that it does run out of steam a little bit. And these great big vistas like that, um, that we've just got of the whole quarry. I'm only going to say one thing to you. I think I can see several suns in the distance. Yeah. I mean, they surely they filmed that in a court. Oh, no, they went abroad, didn't they, to film that? Tunisia. Yeah, they, they filmed that in Tunisia. I think that may have been a bit out of depth to the uh, Daleks' budget, though, you know? Yeah, it's just maybe just about. But they don't need it, you know? They've, uh, they've got is this where we see the tracks, Mark? I think it is. Great, I can't wait. I think there's three, there's, um, uh, I think it's coming up. There's three sort of Daleks have a little bit of a conference, and, and you can see the, the railway that they move around on. Um, but yeah, as long as they're shooting like this, just halfway up the skirt, yeah, it looks terrific. And, and the way that they're moving around while he's having the conversation with Galloway as well, I think that really works. We may have had Paddy Russell directing this, you know. Because she was approached, obviously, she got Invasion of the Dinosaurs, but she literally said to Barry, let's, I'm not going to direct any tin pepper pots. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> Michael Bryan probably would have made a nice job of um, Invasion of the Dinosaurs as well. You know, when yeah. Arlie went down the hill there, it was very clearly on the track, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> slid down the hill. <laughs> this this is great as well. I think they, um, they chose this bit of water as well because of the unusual colour of it makes it uh makes it look quite alien come on mike mark your idle 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 <laughs> all these lines honestly this planet is now under dalek control oh yes i love the uh i don't i don't forget them in this scene but the buttons on the dalek ship <laughs> <laughs> they're just great big primary colors <laughs> uh, uh, sucker sized buttons yeah the control Remember, so the Daleks actually made a meal out of that and had the the sucker shaped thing that it could insert into. Yeah, <laughs> the sucker in. It's amazing. That's quite Star Wars inspired as well, isn't it? It's like R two D two being able to just sort of uh, you know plug into different ports and things on the Death Star thing. But this is pre Star Wars, isn't it? This yeah, this is yeah, this is seventy four, isn't it? So mm. still, it's still a few years away. Maybe you're right then. You know. Maybe this did inspire Star Wars. I doubt I it. Did, did, did you just like watch Doctor Who? I don't know if he's ever admitted it, but I think he must have done. <laughs> I certainly know that Ridley Scott was watching Ark in Space. Yeah, that's it. Well, <laughs> there's that story that um, Ridley Scott was working in the special effects department in the 60s. And it was like 50-50, whether it was him or Raymond Cusack that got to design the Daleks, wasn't it? Oh, really? Am I, mis I, I might be misremembering this. I, I that, that's was, ringing a bell, you know. Yeah, that, uh, that, yeah, like if it had just been his turn, you know, on rotation kind of thing, it would have been Ridley Scott designing them, which uh, could have been something completely different. It probably, well, have you seen the original sketches? With yeah. The, like calipers that they had. Yeah. They look terrible. Um, have you ever heard the um, Nick Briggs audio adventure? He's written one or two, you know. Um, the Exelons. No, I haven't heard that one. 
Oh, don't bother. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, but you know what? He actually has the nerve. He scores it himself, I think. No, Alistair Locke scores it. But they actually use the same instruments as Carrie Blyton. Right. So it's, it's all very um, authentic to this. But it's mm -hmm. basically this. Right. And they finished um, that, I think. Carrie Blyton, nephew of Enid Blyton. Is he really? Yeah. Is a claim well, according to Michael E. Bryan's autobiography, anyway. Barry Letts says, um, he doesn't name Kerry Blyton, but we all know that's who he's talking about, that he did not like his music and Kerry Blyton kept asking him, like, I want, you know, will you, will you hire me again? And one day right. he had to turn around to him and say, look, I'm really sorry, but I don't like what you produce. I won't use you. I do. <laughs> I, I like Barry Letts' honesty and integrity. Mm -hmm. There was a there was a bit there where we could see, where we could see the track. Uh, I love this scene. The uh, they they sell it. I mean, it probably is how cumbersome the costumes are, but how difficult they're finding it to get out of the water. And then there's the one, the one that's trapped, like he's sort of sinking or something, or his foot's trapped. And wow. and it, the scale of the scale of how high that goes. And it's the just the wire, like, really, isn't it? It's just the wire. That's the only thing. But who cares? Yeah. Look at that. And you can't see it in every shot. But this was, uh, again, you, you sort of see the making of stuff. They had to use thicker piano wire than they originally intended because they, you know, when they, when they trialed it, they're like, yeah, that can lift it. When they did it on location, it was full of water. It was heavier. Oh, so okay. they had to use a thicker wire, which then, you know, reflected, the, the sunlight reflects off it. But I like the fact that once it... Uh... Once it blows up the Dalek, it mm -hmm. then slides into the water like it's very yeah. satisfied with its meal, you know, like yeah, like it's uh, like an anaconda or something, yeah, like going back into the uh, the Amazon or something, isn't it? Look at these Daleks all looking at each other. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we underestimated that, didn't we? Yeah, uh, I think that's that's it's great that I think it's uh, again if it wasn't for the wire, there's just something really really cinematic about that. But but it's it's a lot of unusual imagery again, isn't it? The <clears throat> sun on fire in the water, the Dalek coming down the bank and floating in the water. He's yeah, he's filling this story full of memorable imagery. Ah, now who did it better, uh, Pyramids of Mars or Death to the Daleks? Symbols on the wall. It's funny, isn't it? And again, it ties into the Robert Holmes. Uh, you know, kind of cutting his teeth, the script editor on this one, uh, that, you know, that the, the, one of the things that will come back to is this, because it, it, Sir James Smith even says, this reminds me of the City of the Excellence. Yeah, bloody nerve, isn't it, saying that? He doesn't even go inside it. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be that the doctors told her about it. Do you know, thinking about it, you know, all the scenes coming up between the Doctor and Bilal, they do have a lovely chemistry. It, yeah. It could have been quite interesting. I think Arnold Yarrow's just turned 100, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah, because he, um, I think we talked about this before we started recording it, he, he came back um, and played, not, not Bilal, but another alien, I think. Big finish. Um, I think it was an eighth doctor one, but I'd need to look it up and see what it was. But he just played very similarly 
to Bilal in terms of his, his intonations and uh, things. But yeah, if he's 100 now, that can't have been that long ago. It must have been, uh, he must have been a good age. I don't remember at all what happens to Jill Tarrant in this story. Does she get away at the end? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. Yeah. There we go. More lovely POV shots. Okay, I've got a I've got a Dalek theme question for you then. Because um realistically, this probably isn't the best Dalek story. Even though we have a massive fondness yeah. for it. So mm -hmm. what, what would like your top three? Dalek stories be across the entirety, classic and new. That's a toughie. Yeah, this isn't it. I've got to say Remembrance. Okay. Um, yeah, God, yes, Genesis is high, but I don't know. I love Power of the Daleks and Evil of the Daleks. Power was in my top three easily. Yeah. And I and and even yeah maybe maybe those three actually maybe they would just push Genesis into fourth place for me. But you know how conniving they are in Power of the Daleks, and like that's how good this could have been, you know. With yeah. Plotting behind the scenes. Oh no! It looks. It appears that the city of the Xlong has become a still picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a flashing beacon. Oh, hang on! This is that scene, isn't it? This yeah. This is the, yeah, I, I think it is. It's weird because it's two stories in, but it suggests a real intimacy between the pair of them. Mm. And when she says, hey, you just don't want to be lumbered with me, this, I, I hadn't really thought about it until now, but yeah, he's constantly trying to ditch her. Or, well, not ditch her, but he's trying to avoid putting her in dangerous situations, I suppose. Uh, other than when he just wanders off at the start. And, uh, <laughs> and then it must propel it, doesn't he? he? Ditches her with the queen and says, Go on, teach her about women's lib. I'm off. Yeah. You know. And then he tries to get himself murdered about four times between then and the end of planet. You know, remember that security alarm goes off? Yeah. Mind you, her reaction in that scene as well is mm. fantastic. When he when his eyes open and she's crying. <laughs> That's imperialism ours, isn't it? Where he goes. You thought I was dead, didn't you? Yeah, you're always yeah. Dead. <laughs> oh, here we go. This, this is it. He comes back, doesn't he? Is there a moment? Yeah, if, I, him if and John come back, you go off with the Marines sort of thing. And he, yeah, let's say he cups the face. You would absolutely believe that one of them was leaving, I think, given the, the, the time put into that scene. Do you know, you I, don't, I, the doctor doesn't normally take time to think about that as well. If they're splitting up and going to do something dangerous, he doesn't take the time to think, well, hang on, if I die, you won't be able to fly the TARDIS. You better go with these lot and they'll take you back to Earth. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's happening in um, Impossible Planet at the same pit, isn't it? At the end, where Rose is going to go off with the, the, yeah. the Doctor's calf. Yeah, we don't do it very often. Did you notice the city then was shot on film rather than yeah. videotape? And that's really great. Oh, okay, here we go. It's puzzle hour. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? One of the puzzles is so simple. It's like which symbol does not conform. Oh yeah, that. Well, so so is the maze. To be fair, isn't it? It's um, it's like those things you get on placemats in like kids. Uh, <laughs> when a kid goes to a restaurant and the the placemat's got the uh, got the maze on it. <laughs> if he hadn't have got that right. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, there's a load of bloody skeletons in the room. Yeah. Got it wrong. 
they people have aged to death stupid. not being able to figure that out yeah. yeah well maybe they've never seen a maze before so like well that's yeah. just not a pattern on the wall isn't it that's it and uh maybe they started at the end or something and just kept going the wrong way and it didn't occur to them yeah. and the less we say about the floor kitchen pattern of death the better that's a cliffhanger. That's how. <laughs> that's how terrifying that is. That was going to be my out question. I'm going to ask you now. Is that the lamest cliffhanger we have ever had? <laughs> um, I think it probably is. Uh, J- Jason Miller will tell you about. Um, he does a presentation um, at conventions about cliffhangers because they. I think they cut some of the the 45 minute like Colin Baker episodes into 25 minute episodes in America oh, so no. there's some really crazy ones like the two doctors I think he was saying there's one where they just sort of see the the villa and point to it or the house the end or whatever and then it just crashes into <laughs> uh, into the titles and stuff so there's some in very the, sort of randomly edited ones in America in the five doctors there's I know there's a cliffhanger when they cut it up for Australia it's where the master comes down the stairs right <laughs> just with sinister music you know i've never seen that cut that'd be weird but i think there's one thing that salvages that cliffhanger the the floor one is it's very mm-hmm. it's sudden so it's yeah. like it's almost like your brain doesn't have that too long to think but then in the next episode then when we go into playing hopscotch it's like oh, okay all right yeah <laughs> Couldn't they have thought something up a bit more cerebral or a bit more? Yeah, I suppose even if the doctor had slightly stepped on it and the lightning had come down or something like that, you know, kind of. Oh, I love that bit when the Dalek goes over it, though. Yeah. yeah terrible headache, doesn't he? Oh, below, he goes, I don't understand. It's simply <laughs> a, a pattern on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, great voice work. Yeah. We should simply add to these decorations. Cut to the skeleton. Yeah, like you could probably keep trying it again if uh, if you fail. Yeah, <laughs> and do you know, I do you know what? There's a big hint as to how the story is uh, stuttering because Dudley Simpson now is wall to wall music to add tension to these scenes. So when the Daleks are coming, it's like constant music. I say you really, when you when you see them next to each other, he really is significantly shorter than Pertwee, isn't he? It really does make him seem like like a different species, as it, along with the costume and the movement and everything else. So is Joe Grant and Sarah Jane Smith, though. That's true. That's true. Appalling for a God, the Daleks are doing the simple thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not the high yeah, they, point in their career. They shy away from showing them doing the maze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Look, we literally watch it. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, Terry, you've gone very bored with this script, haven't you? <laughs> because uh, the other thing about this story is that it was during the making of this one that Pertwee decided to leave, wasn't it? Oh, is this when it was announced? No, this is this is when he decided that, yeah, that, that, was... that bloody scene, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. It's one of these things that people always speculate um, about what, what the exact moment was. When he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Once upon a time, I was on Wenley Moor condemning the Brigadier for blowing up yeah. the Silurians in a great moral dilemma. And now I'm tracing a bloody maze on the wall. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I think I think it was in the air because of Katie Manning leaving and Roger Delgado had died, and Letts and Dix had already announced that they weren't staying beyond this. So it's probably just sort of on his mind anyway. But this was only actually made the decision and told them uh, that you know he wasn't going to be in the next series. You know what's disappointing here as well is that after some terrific design work, these are very drab sets that they are wandering yeah. around. Although later on, right, when when this, uh, he puts in like the virus and all the doors are going, whoop, 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 yeah. <laughs> that looks amazing. <laughs> and all the lights that are. is cool. There we go. <gasps> My God. <laughs> <laughs> ah! But hang on, was that supposed to be the cliffhanger? No, I think um, I think I was reading this in the complete history. The episode either overran or underran or something like that. So they uh, they basically had to just yeah use what they had. I think I'm gonna guess where I I think the cliffhanger was gonna be because I think I know what it is. The bit where the Daleks come round the corner and we don't know that they've gone into the city and there's a close up on the gun going pow, 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 pow. that bit there. I bet that was supposed to be the cliffhanger. It's either something like that or something with the uh, the antibodies, I think, from what I read. I can't quite remember now. The antibodies? That's 10 minutes, 15 minutes into episode four. Yeah, I think they were maybe going to bring them in sooner or... I don't know, I'd have to check now. I, I read about this in the, in the Complete History anyway. That was... But they had terrible trouble, didn't they? Like, Planet of Spiders shifts around the cliffhanger. Carnival in Space mm. did as well. I don't think um, the hand picking up the TARDIS in Carnival of Monsters was supposed to be the cliffhanger. I mean, that's fortuitous because it's bloody brilliant. It is brilliant, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the bit in Planet of Spiders episode five to six where it's all recut in episode six. So we don't even start where the cliffhanger out is. And the cliffhanger hits five minutes into episode six. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird that one, isn't it? They were making it up as they go along, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Badoom, 